I really screwed up my presentation. I am such a screw up. What do you think this phrase means, screw up? See if you can guess, I give you some time to think about it, and I will let you know at the end of the podcast. Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture, with me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello everyone, welcome back to episode 6. Thank you so much for coming back, or if it's your first time, then welcome. It's great to be spending this time with you today. I've got a really interesting story to tell you in just a bit, but before we get to that, I want to let you know that if you want to ask a question for the podcast, you can do so on my website. So if you go to ewmichael.com forward slash podcast, there will be a section at the bottom where you can record your audio message for me. And if you do that, I will include it on a future podcast. Also, I've never asked this before, but we're a few episodes in now, so I thought it might be a good time. If you are enjoying the podcast and you find it useful for your English studies, then please leave me a review on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes and you can rate the podcast and write a comment maybe. And that's really helpful because that will allow people to see the podcast better. And of course, if if I like the review, if it's a nice one, I will also read it on a future podcast. I'll be happy to share your kind words or maybe not so kind. (laughs) Depends on how you feel about me. But if you do decide to do that, I would really, really appreciate it. Okay, so today I want to share a story from my past. So I, of course, have never learnt English as a second language, my first language. So I can only tell you about my experience with other languages and I think you will be able to connect with this. You will be able to understand what I went through and hopefully you can learn from my mistake. So I'm going to tell you about a really big mistake I made in the past and it ended up costing me probably several years of study. I wasted years. So let's go back to the beginning. In 2010, I decided to learn Japanese. And at the time, I didn't have much connection to the language or the country, but I really liked Japanese horror films. I was really addicted to them at that time. I watched one every day. And I wanted to be able to understand them without subtitles because maybe subtitles will take away from the experience. It's not so scary if you're reading what's happening. So I started learning. I learned the alphabet in a couple of weeks and that was really fun. And once I had the alphabet learnt, I was so motivated to learn because I was amazed that I could read this different foreign looking text. And that feeling of excitement kept me going and motivated me to keep studying. And it was a great feeling. So even though I was busy studying for school and things at this time, I was still every day waking up and studying Japanese, learning the grammar, learning some 
vocabulary and writing. And it was a really good time. I really enjoyed it. My usual study routine at that time, almost 10 years ago now, was a mixture of reading and writing. And those were the main areas of my study. So I would write every day. I'd practice my characters and a little bit of reading too, but mostly writing actually. And I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the Japanese characters called kanji. That was really fun. And as a result of that, I should be grateful because I do understand them and I can read quite well at this point now. And I think it's because of that good foundation. Every now and then, I would have a Skype call with a language exchange partner I met online. And I had never, ever spoken to anyone on Skype before. And this was a terrifying experience for me. When I had a Skype call on Monday, I would be nervous the whole weekend. I would be shaking with fear because I was very, very shy when I was younger. And more often than not, I would actually cancel the calls. I would say, I'm really sorry, I'm not feeling well, or I have to go somewhere. I'm sorry, I can't come. And I think my language partner got a little bit annoyed with me. So for those of you out there who are very scared when it comes to talking in English, maybe you're not confident in your ability. I completely understand how you feel. It's a horrible feeling. But it will get better. It will get better. So don't worry. Okay, and when we, if we fast forward several years, I decided to go to Japan. And I went to Japan just for travel for one month in the summer. And I had been planning this ever since I started learning Japanese. So it was a really, really big moment for me. The long 12 hour flight to Japan and the culmination of all my studying had me very excited for the experience. I was really excited to go over there and practice my Japanese and communicate with people in another language. And I even remember making the goal to not use any English for the whole month. Let's just say that didn't work out exactly how I planned. When I arrived in Japan, I was very jet lagged. I felt tired. I felt a bit unwell, a bit sick too. But despite that, I got off the plane. I walked into the airport handed the man my passport and I wanted to say thank you in Japanese. I wanted to be polite and what came out of my mouth? I can't even repeat the sound. It was this incomprehensible noise. It was nothing. It didn't have any resemblance to how you say thank you in Japanese and I walked away with a bright red face. I was so embarrassed. I was wondering why couldn't I say this word that I have been studying for so many years? I shook it off, which means I tried to forget about it. Maybe it was just a one-time problem. Maybe I was just tired. Over the next few days, I spoke to several more people in shops and hotels, places like that. And I had the same experience. What came out of my mouth did not match the Japanese that was in my head. I knew all the vocabulary, I knew the grammar, I felt confident, but I couldn't speak. And this was when I realised I had made a really big mistake. I had spent years writing and reading. 
but almost never talking. Because I was a little bit younger at this time, and it was my first ever language, I didn't realise that you had to talk, that you had to practice talking in order to be able to talk. And to some of you, it might seem obvious, but I do think this is a very common problem that we neglect to work on the things that are most important to us. So please don't make the same mistake that I did. If your goal of learning English is to travel around the world, you want to travel to England or America, then maybe you should focus 80% on speaking. It's the most important thing for you. You want to communicate with other people. But of course, this will be different for everyone. So if your goal in English is to become a translator when you're only translating text, no speech, maybe speech isn't so important for you. You want to focus on your writing and reading. So think about your goals of learning English and then adapt your study routine to those goals. For some of you, you may want to learn an equal ratio of each area in English, maybe maybe 25% talking, 25% writing, and so on. But probably that's not ideal for most people. You want to maybe study a bit more talking or whatever it is that applies to your situation. So this is the moral of the story. Really keep that in mind. But before you feel too bad for me, I did learn a valuable lesson from that trip. And also I had some good experiences too. So that setback in the airport, that really shook my confidence in Japanese. A few days later, it was raining very heavily in Tokyo and I was too embarrassed to ask for an umbrella, to buy an umbrella because I didn't want to make any more mistakes. But then I decided I took a deep breath and I thought, I will never improve if I don't push myself and make mistakes. I have to try and change the way I think about mistakes. Mistakes are not a bad thing. If you have mastered any language, you have made many, many mistakes. It's not possible to learn a language without making mistakes. So I went up to this kiosk in the park and I bought an umbrella and I asked for it in Japanese. I asked how much it cost and he gave me the umbrella after I paid. And this was a really exciting moment for me. It's such a small thing, but it was really mind-blowing that I was making these foreign sounds out of my mouth and the man understood me and he gave me an umbrella. And I even took a picture of that umbrella because it was such a special moment for me. So that was the turning point in my trip. And from that moment on, I did my best not to get too worried about my mistakes. And I tried to learn from them and not get too sad about it because it really is quite easy to feel really down when you can't express what you want to express. When I got back from my trip in Japan, I studied harder than ever. I was motivated. I felt like a little bit of a failure, to be honest. I didn't feel so good. And I wanted to overcome that. I didn't want to give up. So I studied every day. I made a new routine when I got home and kept studying until this day. I'm still studying now. Not perfect, but I'm a little bit better than I used to be. 
So that is the second moral of my story, which is don't give up when you have a setback. If you have a trip coming up in an English-speaking country, use it as a motivation. It's a great way to motivate yourself to study harder. But also, don't expect your skills in that country to be the same as they are at home. When you're at home, you're in a comfortable environment. Everything is familiar and it's very easy to listen and to practice English. Also, probably the material you're listening to is maybe it's made for learners. So maybe it's slower, maybe it's a bit more clear, there's no slang or bad words. But in the real world, quite often people don't care or maybe they don't understand the problems of language learning. So they will speak very quickly and they will use lots of strange words you've never heard before. And this can be really dispiriting, really demotivating when you've been learning for so long. But it's important to expect that so you won't be surprised and understand it's just part of the process. So to summarise, moral number one is don't neglect to speak. Speaking is very important when you learn a language. Moral number two is when you have a setback or you make a mistake, don't give up. Learn from that mistake and study harder. Okay, so I really hope that story was useful for you. Now it's time for our English in the media section. And it's always quite hard for me to find something appropriate for this section because I don't watch TV too much, but I do watch lots of YouTube. I am a, admittedly, I'm a bit of a YouTube addict. So today's video is from NASA, from NASA's YouTube channel. And they made a video recently about their plan to go to the moon in 2024 and to stay on the moon. So I presume their plan is to build some kind of base on the moon from which they can travel into deeper space. To me, this is really exciting. I love science fiction and astrophysics and anything to do with space is fascinating to me. So I highly recommend you to check out the video if you have time. It's very short and I'll put a link to it in the show notes of this episode. So we're going to listen to a short extract from this clip and afterwards we'll have a look at some of the vocabulary in this and learn it as well. 50 years ago, we pioneered a path to the moon. The trail we blazed cut through the fictions of science and showed us all what was possible. Today, our calling to explore is even greater. To go farther, we must be able to sustain missions of greater distance and duration. We must use the resources we find at our destinations. We must overcome radiation, isolation, Okay, so how did you find it this week? This time we're looking at an American accent and there are three words or expressions that I think are really good to look at. The first one is to blaze a trail. So the very first sentence, the trail we blazed cut through 
the fictions of science. This sounds very poetic, very nice. Um, the expression to blaze a trail means to find a new path or find a new method. Do something that has not been done before. So, for example, he blazed a trail in English learning. His methods have never been done before. So see if you can think of a time when maybe you have blazed a trail or someone you admire or respect has blazed a trail in a certain area or field. In the next word, they say cut through. It cut through the fictions of science. Now, you might know cut through can be used for simply cutting with a knife or with scissors. You can cut through paper, cut through some clothes or something like that. But in this case, you can cut through something difficult so that it no longer causes a problem for you. So in the video, they cut through the fictions of science. That means they destroyed the fictions and they made it a reality. It's true. It's real now. Or here's a more everyday example. I cut through my own ideas on what I thought was possible. In other words, I overcame my boundaries. I overcame my obstacles. And now I realize I'm capable of doing much more. I cut through the idea of limitations. Okay, and the next word, the final word, is at about 14 seconds into the video if you want to watch the whole thing. And this is calling, calling. So in this case, calling is a noun. Today, our calling to explore is even greater. So your calling is kind of like your destiny. It's a strong urge or desire to do something. It sounds like it's coming from somewhere outside of you, like a higher power. So for example, my calling is to help people. It's not what I want to do. It's what I'm being pulled to do. Something in the universe is making me want to help people. This is a very, very deep and profound word, but very useful. So maybe have a think about this for yourself. Do you have a calling in life? What is calling to you? Or if not, think about what it could be. And of course, let me know. You're always welcome to practice this vocabulary by sending me a message or an email. And I will let you know how it is. I'll give you my feedback on your English. Well, thank you so much again for listening to this episode. I really am enjoying doing these podcasts. Even if no one listens, I really love doing this. I'm hoping I can improve and continue as we increase the episode count. So thank you so much. And I will see you next week for a very special podcast. You have to wait and find out what that is. Have a good week and see you later. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. 
Thanks for listening. At the beginning of the show, I asked if you knew the word screw up. Screw up is a casual term for making a mistake. If you screw up, you make a mistake. So can you think about the last time you screwed up? The last mistake that you made? And maybe, don't think of it as a bad thing. Think of it as an experience to learn from.